<coughs> Podcast Network Asia. Hi, this is Alec Cuenca and you're listening to Small Talk. Hey guys, welcome back to Small Talk. Small conversations with huge impact. And before anything else, gusto ko na magpasalamat sa lahat ng tao na ikinig. If this is your first time, then welcome to the show. I hope you check out the other episodes as well. And if you've already listened to the other podcast, then thank you for coming back. This is a very special episode because unlike the usual episodes where I just talk by myself, meron po tayong kasama ngayon. We have a guest. And I'm really excited to talk with this guest Our guest for today is the co-founder and the executive director of the Association of Young Environmental Journalists, a public speaker, an event host, and voice talent. He was selected by the European Commission as a young leader for development at the European Development Days in 2019, a content creator, and one of the best people that I met during this pandemic. Let's all welcome Mr. Val Amiel Besti. But it's good to be here. Hi, Alec. Thanks for having me here. Thank you so much for um, joining us today. I know you have a busy schedule, but it means a lot that you're joining the podcast, you're joining the show. I mean, I'm I'm up with uh, one of the best podcasters, one of the most insightful <laughs> and wise podcasters in the Philippines. So I can't say no to this opportunity. <laughs> So uh, let's let's dive right in because apparently we have a lot of things to talk about. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background? Who is Val Vesti? And um, particularly, I was really amazed when I saw your your um, profile on LinkedIn. And uh, can you can you tell us how you become the co-founder of the Association of Young Environmental Journalists? Where did it all start? Yeah, I think I was a late bloomer in terms of my advocacy. Um, my advocacy in, is in environmental journalism. I was a mass communication student back then in Silliman University. And we read a lot of newspapers. Uh, you cannot graduate uh, with a degree in mass communication if you do not read newspapers. So we're, we were constantly reading up on the latest news. And uh, I saw that there wasn't enough environmental stories being published in the local newspapers. It was all politics, drugs, crime, business, uh, all the political stuff, which is great, which is important. Pero parang nakulangan ako sa uh, usapang kalikasan. And so that's, uh, I was third year college then, and then I realized that we need to publish more stories on the environment. So nag-research ako, I, I, I looked at why editors weren't publishing environmental stories enough. And so I realized that there weren't enough environmental stories kasi hindi madami ang writers na marunong magsulat about the environment. So isa yun sa mga naging issue. There was a lack of environmental writers. So I decided to create a project, uh, create an organization which helped train young people to write more stories about the environment. And from that, informal barcada group I organized in 2017. It is now a SEC-registered startup media nonprofit that is based here in the Philippines. So I resigned from my... I worked with a UNICEF project in Zamboanga prior to this and with another peace-building NGO. Uh, but now I'm working full-time on <laughs> this startup media nonprofit that really seeks to tell more stories about the earth. So we just launched our project during the quarantine. One of the better things that happened <laughs> over the quarantine. <laughs> and so yeah, that's what I've been up to lately. And I'm basically a communications practitioner. If people ask me, what do you do? I'm a communications practitioner and a development worker. Ayun. So that covers everything that I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you mentioned... That you started well, you started this back when you were college. That's right, college, that's right. right? And um, uh, apparently, while there has been an increasing number of writers and journalists with the environment, I feel like um, we, we still are not yet there in terms of um, really um, educating people and uh, just sharing the things that we need to learn about uh, in the environment. So can you can you share us 
uh, the status of the environment of the Philippines in, when it comes to the Philippines environment and uh, where are we currently at and where do we want to mm-hmm. be? Ano ba yung vision ng organization mo? Ang vision talaga ng organization ko is to be the rappler for the environment. To be the number one news source for environmental stories written by young people for young people. So if you visit our website, ayedge.org, it's like a news website. We want to be that source of environmental news stories. So yung focus talaga namin as a news organization. It's all about environment. Um, where is the Philippines right now in terms of environmental protection? First, uh, many things happening. Uh, one of the few things that I can think of is that we were in the direction of banning single-use plastics. I think it became a, a great national sensation in terms of policy na iban ang paggamit ng single-use plastics like straw, plastic bags, you know, mga utensils na patapon lang. Uh, it, it became a trend and policymakers in their own respective cities really started out using, I mean, implementing that policy. But then it, it got, it got um, road-railed uh, by the coronavirus. So right now, the, the problem on pollution involves medical waste. So I actually read a news article about the increasing number of medical waste and... Because everyone is into online shopping <laughs> and yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. things are like packed in plastic and bubble wrap. So there's definitely that fight against plastic, especially in terms of COVID-19. And I just like to emphasize no, na ang itong coronavirus ay talaga exacerbated by human interventions. It's anthropogenic. I mean, it started out from an animal and then it jumped into a human species. And it's so scary because the reason for that is human intervention. If we kept the wild in the wildlife, we wouldn't be facing this whole coronavirus outbreak. <laughs> but but I, man is insatiable. We keep, we keep trying to look for things that disrupt the environment when we're not supposed to. So that's uh, bumalik din sa atin ang ating ginawa sa kalikasan. And people should understand that. The whatever we do to nature, nature will bring it back to us because we are dependent on nature. I love that. What we do to nature, it comes back to us. And I'm, I'm actually learning a lot just by you speaking. And uh, uh, when I searched for your profile, that's the thing that most uh, amazed me is that you're, you're very young. I think that. I think we're we're the same age, or you're 25 years old, right? I can't say it in the podcast, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. I'm proud about my age. So you're 25 <laughs> years old. Apparently, you have achieved a lot. While um, uh, I feel like one of the best thing or the most apparent thing that we that people can see about you is that you're a great speaker. When it comes, even hindi uh, mahalaga kung sa environment yan or it, when it comes to content creation but you first and foremost are a public speaker i want to i want to get more into that so can you tell us a little bit more about your background as a public speaker yeah i actually don't know what constitutes a public speaker nowadays i placed it on my facebook i placed it on linkedin uh, that i'm a public speaker because you have to build your brand and persona <laughs> on these social media platforms but I guess I got my training from in public speaking back when I was in grade school, as young as grade school. My school, uh, I don't know, discovered my talented speaking and decided to start training me and pitting me to a lot of declamation contests, oratorical contests, all these speech contests. And so I guess it started there. But how did they discover me? I trace it back to my family. My dad, well, sorry, my grandfather, Jess Vestile, he was a renowned ABS-CBN broadcaster in Cebu. And he was also an actor. And my mom got that from my grandfather, skills in communication. Actually, she graduated mass communication in the same university as I. So I believe I'm the third generation public speaker. So it all traces back to my lolo, Bless his soul, Jess Vestile. I got all my talents in public speaking and writing from him. 
And I think that's the legacy that he left behind. So started out writing essays and it started out with speaking and getting yelled at by my mom and my lolo. Kasi dapat ganito, dapat ganyan. So it was like hard training, you know? It wasn't forced naman. Pero it was more on, okay, I, I like it. I like the field of public speaking. So I did not really force myself to be subjected to public speaking. But so it started from the home and then it spilled over to the school. And then I remember I it was not hosting yet. It was just uh, declam- declamation contests, speech contests. And then when I got into college, doon na talaga nag-tap in ang aking pagka-host. They were getting me to... Uh, the first hosting gig I can recall is the dormitory acquaintance. Because I'm from Cagayan and I studied in Dumaguete. So I was part of a dorm. And so we... Uh, alam mo naman sa college, di ba? Madaming mga acquaintance party... So, isa doon yung dormitory acquaintance party, yun talaga yung unang hosting gig ko. And then, sunod-sunod na lang. I, I, I just love the feeling of speaking to a lot of people. And these are not empty words. You also make them laugh. You also get them out of their misery. So, I think that's the joy of public speaking. And that's the reason why I still do what I do today. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I was, I was really... Uh... Happy to hear your story, but I was very interested in that um, particular event. The first time that you spoke to the people, the first time that you can actually consider that you spoke publicly, right? How how is it? Can, is it is there a difference between? Because uh, you know, like me, I, I I am a public speaker, but I only speak online. I don't know what it feels like. You know, I don't have any experience. Though I, w- when I was in high school, I, uh, I think I hosted two things, but it was, it was uh, in the past, and kinalimutan ko na yon. But you, you, you can clearly remember that feeling. Can you tell us the difference? Is there any difference between speaking, being a public speaker online, and being out there and like being on a stage and talking to people? Yeah, there's a difference, uh, especially in person. It's face-to-face. Eh. You, ha- you see your audience. You feel if they're bored. You feel if they're disengaged and disenfranchised. You feel their spirit. For hosts like me, what fuels me when events go on is the energy of the crowd. So whatever energy the crowd is giving me, I will be able to mirror in my hosting. And if... It's a low energy. It means I have to force myself to bring them up a scale to high energy and respond to them. Because in, in hosting live events, it's really a direct response. It's a two-way conversation. So if you ask me if there's a difference between hosting and talking to my friends, there's no difference. It's just that you have a mic. But if you ask me if there's a difference between hosting and for example, podcasting or speaking online to a digital audience, it's that instant and direct response and engagement with your crowd. Because you don't get that a lot online. And I've I've given a lot of talks then online. Napakahirap Alec. <laughs> like, I feel like may kausap ba ako? And I just said that I get my spirit and energy from the crowd. And parang in Zoom calls... All this stuff, especially that they're not turning on their webcams. Before I talk, I always tell them, Baka naman, <laughs> you want to open your uh, camera para alam kung may kausap ako. So it's, it's different. Online and face-to-face hosting, completely different for me in terms of direct feedback and the energy that you share with your crowd. Were you scared the first time that you uh, spoke publicly? Or, and um, if you were scared, because I feel like a lot of people, I don't know, I, I'm not really sure about the numbers, but I think there's a study that it's the number one fear of people speaking in, in front of the public. And um, if you were scared before, how did you um, overcome that fear? And uh, is there any way that people can overcome their fear in public, in public speaking as well? There's so many ways to practice 
removing your anxiety or fear in public speaking. And it's natural. Even until today, I still get nervous before speaking to a crowd. I think it's it's a very natural reaction. And people should embrace that. If you are anxious about a public speaking engagement, that means you care for this public speaking engagement. You care enough not to make a mistake. Because I think, and I believe the nerves come from a fear of making a mistake. Come from the what ifs of, what if I say the wrong things? What if I will not be able to answer it well? What if mabubulul ako, diba? These what ifs actually build up and transfigure into your fear for public speaking. And the number one thing to fight that off is to prepare. Prepare, prepare, prepare. Steve Jobs took around two to four days. To pre- of course, he has ghostwriters. But in terms of presenting, he took around two to four days to prepare for his talk. Because I believe, and I'm not sure of the data as well, but I read one time that a good presentation is 70% preparation and 30% presentation. And if you prepare enough, for whatever public speaking engagement you're going to involve yourself in, you're going to have less what-ifs because you can tell yourself that, hey, I I readied for this. I read up for this. I know what to say. Ask me any question, I'm ready. And so it lessens the fear. It lessens the anxiety. That's, That's one way to really get out of that place of anxiety. It's to prepare for it. Sometimes, right? We're scared of exams because... We didn't study for them. I'm guilty of that, right? Uh, uh, lots of things, uh, lots of fears come from unpreparedness. And in public speaking, you should always prepare. Number two also I can think of is a, a practical way to remove that fear is to start talking to yourself in front of the mirror. Speak as if you're speaking to a friend so that you can see the way you talk. You can change the way you talk that you see very differently in front of the mirror. And then expand that and talk to your family. And then you talk to your friends. And then the the circle keeps getting bigger and bigger and you are less nervous because the nerves also come from ang dami nila, ang daming tao. And I swear, I, I hosted a cheer dance competition sa Siliman and cheer dance competitions in Siliman, I, they're big, Alec. And... It was my first time hosting a huge, massive crowd in a coliseum. And I kid you not when I tell you, I really chickened out. Nung palabas na yung hosts, nung ini-intro na yung hosts, I moved backward and said, I dropped my microphone. Hindi naman sa drop, pero I gave it to someone. And I said, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Kasi nag-give up. And it, you, we had to audition to become hosts sa cheer dance. So, sabi ko, I'm not doing this kasi grabe talaga yung anxiety ko kasi ang daming tao. But, yung ginawa ng friend ko, yung isa sa mga best friends ko, si Melissa, she pushed me to the court. No joke. Like, she pushed me to the court. Like, forced me. And so I was like, really taken aback. Tapos sabi ko, nandito na ako, wala na akong choice. And that was just one of the greatest risks that I was forced to take. It's to go on that stage and do it. Because if, if I don't do it now, when will I ever want to face a crowd of 1,000? And so right now, I'm okay with big crowds because I was forced to. So maybe it also pays to have that friend literally push us <laughs> into the fear of the unknown and just get it going. You know that? So uh, to summarize what you said, we need to prepare, prepare, and prepare. No, actually, maganda nga. I think we're having a masterclass. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're having a masterclass at, ma- at public speaking na. So, uh, well, the first point that I really love is to prepare. Like, uh, we have all these anxieties, but if we, uh, we can fight that if we have the confidence and confidence come from the preparation. The second, you need, you need to have a friend that will push you in the middle of the court <laughs> and uh, will force you to just do it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah th- that's... that's an amazing story, Val. I- I'm really honored to hear that. And sobrang tuwan talaga on how you, you convey your message. And um, speaking of uh, the talks and the, the hostings that you did, I saw that you gave a talk. I don't know what school it 
was, pero you gave a talk about the secret sauce to a good conversation, mm. right? And um, uh, you you had this training on how you to how to present to the public or to other people. Did you bring that when you're just conversation uh, when you're just having a conversation with the people around you with your friends or uh, do you bring the qualities as a public speaker as speaker in the, the the small conversations that you have yeah i think my skills in one-on-one conversations and it's a skill conversation the art of conversation is actually a skill i think i brought that skill of one-on-one conversation to the greater st- to the bigger stage not the other way around it's not like I'm good at hosting, I'm good at public speaking, and I use these skills in my one-on-one conversations. No, definitely. It started out with mastering the art of one-on-one conversation and then bringing this skill to the bigger stage of hosting and public speaking. So I definitely I definitely used those skills in my one-on-one conversations. Because again, as I said kanina, awalang... Walang masyadong difference kung nakikipag-usap ka sa iyong kaibigan versus nakikipag-usap ka sa 100 na tao. Bakit wala? Because in both occasions, you want to be understood, right? You want to communicate a message clearly in both occasions. So if you try to be highfalutin in that crowd of 100, if you try so hard to sound so smart but you don't get the point across, you don't get the message across, you would have been a weak public speaker. Kasi diba, kapag nagchikahan tayo ng friend, ka, ka tayong dalawa, Ale, kapag nagchikahan tayo, I want you to understand kung anong nangyari sa akin last night with my ex. Diba? Kung chikahan, diba? I want you to understand fully para makapagbigay ka sa akin ng advice, ng, ng matino na advice. And it's the same with public speaking, Alec. Uh, when you're speaking to a crowd, you want to be able to communicate clearly so that they understand you. And so that if they understand you well, they will be able to do what you intend for them to do during the event. Which is, I don't know, listen to the speaker, enjoy the concert, be in love during the wedding reception. Ibat iba yung goal natin uh, when we're out there public speaking. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a question in, in the middle of uh, your 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 uh, your sentence. Pero na na nabitin ako. Ang ganda nung nung sa dulo mo yung when you just want you just want to convey your message. And kahit maganda yung panalita mo, pero kung hindi madali yung message across, then that's point. True. Diba? Exactly. And uh, well. I need to ask you since we're on when we're on the topic. Uh, can you share us some of the tips on how to be a great conversationalist? Just a little bit, you know. I'm not gonna uh, make you repeat all your talk, the, the the one that you gave before. Pero just some tips on how to become a good conversationalist. Yeah, it it requires a whole one hour talk, but I think I will lift the most important in great conversations. And that tip is active listening. I think you cannot speak well if you do not know how to listen well. And active listening goes in, uh, can be manifested in so many ways. You can actively listen by actually paying attention. When you're paying attention to their thoughts, you're not just you're not just nodding. Sometimes you just, someone's talking and then we just nod. No, that's not actively listening. Actively listening is paying attention to whatever they're saying so that you may be able to respond and synthesize to whatever they're talking about. Okay, that's what you call, that's what you call paying attention. If, like what you're doing to me, Alec, perfect example you're synthesizing whatever I'm talking about. You're synthesizing my answers. You're repeating my answers. It means you're actively listening because you're paying attention to what I'm saying, if you can synthesize it. So that's, that's, that's one of the few ways that you can actively listen. Second is to defer judgment. Okay, that's a tip. Uh, when mm, you, that, that's, one, that's, that's a nice one. Yeah. yeah, when you're actively listening, sometimes we listen to respond. And I think I saw one of your TikTok videos about this. Sometimes we listen to respond, but what if we change, have a paradigm shift and listen to understand? 
understand where they're coming from. Understand why they're saying whatever they're saying. It's, it's it, In public speaking, a great deal of it is really empathy. It's really compassion. Saan nanggagaling ang kausap mo? Why are they saying the things that they are saying? And so to, for us to be able to actively listen, we have to defer judgment because judgment will cloud our listening. If we already have an opinion on everything, if we have a violent reaction to everything that they say, that's not a productive conversation. That's just a one-way conversation. And that's not great at all. That's such a boring conversation. That's not a conversation. Remember, a conversation is a two-way connection. It's a two-way thing between two people trying to establish a connection. Again, the basic definition of a conversation is it involves two people talking, trying to establish a connection. It doesn't stop at it involves two people talking, period. No. It's two people talking, trying to establish a connection. You cannot establish a connection with someone if you're full of judgment. So defer judgment. So these are just some of the things that sobrang dami pa, but active listening, I think, is a takeaway that your listeners should actively listen to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I love the part about um, deferred judgment and, and employing empathy sa kausap mo. And uh, for some people, they don't actually know what you know, applying and deploying empathy means. And sometimes they they feel like when when you apply empathy, you need to see how you feel in other people's shoes. But it's not like that. You need to understand how they feel in their position. And that's uh, one way uh, to be, um, apply empathy. But you can only do that if you're not judging yung kausap mo, di ba? And so those are amazing tips. Thank you so much for that. And now I want to dive in into content creation. If, if you guys didn't know, me and Val, we met on TikTok. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, we connected ever since. And what I love about your videos is that regard the message is on point. The message, the message is fantastic. But what I love about your videos is that you send your message through stories. Whether it's a um, small skit, uh, your your audience always have this active imagination when they're hearing your message, and so I want to ask you about that. Like, do you uh, actively plan on creating stories, or uh, and how important storytelling is in creating content? It's very funny uh, when I do these skits where I'm like cleaning the egg or getting malungay or cleaning the bathroom. I, it's real. When I think about these profound and philosophical questions that I ask myself, they arrive to me in the most mundane tasks ever because a lot of us have been placed into isolation and a lot of us have been alone. And when you're alone, your thoughts start really moving. Tapos parang uh, napupukaw yung thoughts mo, nagigising yung thoughts mo. And it's true. It's, it's, I do prepare for these skits, but it's true when I reflect that I thought about this while washing the dishes. I think that's my first video. I think on Quarren Flings. I think... I think it was March or April. I was having a quarantine fling myself. And that's where the quarantine fling was born for me. I don't know. Sino nagsimula sa quarantine fling, pero I don't. It was one of the first few times I mentioned quarantine fling. And I literally thought about that concept while I was washing dishes, Alec. And I said, oh, this is. And I wasn't a content creator. I don't consider myself even a content creator right now because I'm inconsistent because I'm busy with work so I can only make a lot of content. But I said, oh, this is a good, a good thing to record. So I recorded myself. And it was actually posted on Twitter first uh, before I found TikTok. I found out about TikTok actually just to share as a coping mechanism. It was a coping mechanism because a lot of projects were canceled sa aking organization and sa aking work. And I wanted to find a way to distract myself from the frustration of canceled projects due to COVID. And so I found TikTok and it's a fun app. There's no rules. You just 
say what you want to say. But I think your question on how important is it to bring people into a skit or a place in your life, it's because as storytellers, it is our obligation and responsibility if we want to tell stories. Effective storytelling, Alec, is bringing someone from point A to point B. All right? Your job as a storyteller is to bring them to a place they've never been to before. And that is effective storytelling. If you you become that mode of transport transportation, the jeepney, the airplane, where you can take them from their house to the lived experience that you want to share. And I think that's effective storytelling. For example, Alec, I tell you that I was raised by a single mother. Okay, great. I'm telling you that I was raised by a single mother. Interesting. But we've heard of that story before. We know a lot of people who were raised by single mothers. But what if I tell you, Alec, that while my mother was pregnant with me, she found out that my father was cheating on her with two women. And so she grabbed for her gun, my dad's gun, under the bed, and she tried to shoot at my father in the direction of his legs. And she said, you know what? I'm sick of this. Umalis ka sa buhay ko. But then she eventually just left my dad and flew from Bacolod to Cebu, where I eventually was born without a father. And I never met my father until I was 18 years old. Period. Which was the more compelling story, Alec? I'm not going to say it was a real story or a, <laughs> or a joke, but what kind of story compels you to my story more? I think, I don't know. I don't know. But I believe it would have to be the second one where there was a lot of Definitely. gun action. That's the, that, that's the yeah. point. Eh? That's the point. When you're telling stories, you show. You don't tell. You show. You bring your reader to that place. So show, don't tell. That means a lot in storytelling. And yun yung principio ko. Yun yung guiding principle ko when I create my content. I love that. Show, don't tell. I mean, that's, that's the essence of storytelling. Yeah. It's not like you're telling a story. You're showing the story to the audience. And I am learning a lot from this conversation that we're having. I know it's not yet but I'm already inviting you for a second round. And I, I, I really feel like because it's a professional pa yung approach ko sayo when I try to you know, be uh, very professional with the podcast, you know, trying to talk about things that other people might relate to. But I want to talk about you with um, some more um, personal and deeper topics. I feel like we have a lot of things to talk about, so I'm going to invite you next time again. But let's go back to your uh, to your to the topic. Uh, I can remember, I share lang din ako, you know, uh, that's the, the same path that I took. You know, I started on Twitter. Well, I was already doing podcasts, but I felt like I needed to create more bit-sized content for people who have less attention span. So I tried posting one video on TikTok and it didn't went viral. But for the followers that I had, having 1,000 people, uh, you know, look at it and watch it, it was, it was, I felt like, okay, I reached so many people, like I've reached 1,000 people. And so I was thinking of a way to create, uh, to find a platform that ha- that can cater to this very short atten- attention span of people. And no simulanga yung pandemic, uh, TikTok became very famous. So I tried it out, and it was actually a practice platform for me. I also wanted to uh, practice on trying to speak one minute without uh, ng hindi na bubulol, ng bu yung thought, bu yung concept. So I tried, okay, uh, every day I'll be posting one topic and dapat hindi ako mabubulol. So it was a practice uh, ground for me when it comes to speaking, at least in front of uh, a cell phone or a camera. And uh, I, I'm really happy that I think we both took similar paths when it comes to TikTok. And um, one thing that we also have in common uh, with regards to TikTok uh, content creation, kahit hindi tayo content creator, is relatability of our content. And I want to ask you about your content. How do you manage to create such relatable content? <laughs> I don't want to ask. I don't want to be asked this question. <laughs> I, I just want to point out. I just want to point out that, yeah, we're like, of course, 
I, I found out about you even before me. You have more followers than me. I don't know shit about TikTok. Can I say bad words? I'm sorry. It's okay. But, yeah. uh, you can um, say shit. <laughs> you, <laughs> you are like, I love the wisdom uh, that you always give. And I think you already know that uh, you inspire me as well with the work that I do. Why are we relatable? I don't know. Because we've ex- Ako, di ko alam. Di ko alam sa'yo kasi you're in a happy, mm. fruitful, loving relationship. Sana all. <laughs> While ako, I've been... I think the, 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 the things that I say are bits and pieces of, uh, of the reflection of what I went through. But, but, there's a big but. People think that when I give out rela- relatable love advice... They think that I'm broken and sad and in a sad place. That's true at some point before. But now I'm completely healed. Eh? I've completely recovered from whatever I went through. But because of my I only talk about the storm when they pass. So it's where I can finally open up. And that me opening up up is parang proof positive na okay na ako. Nakaheal na ako, nakarecover na ako. So parang disclaimer lang to sa mga tao na even though I talk about heartbreak or love advice, doesn't mean I'm in a bad place romantically. Although I don't want to be there. <laughs> I don't want to stay there. But yeah, um, I think, yeah, it's it's fragments of the pain that I went through that I hope nobody does go through. Kasi, you really don't need to experience heartbreak for you to... Well, people think... People say that you need to experience pain to be able to speak about pain. That's true. That's true. But to be honest, I don't want people to experience pain. I don't want people to experience heartbreak because it's sad and lonely and traumatic. So if you can... So, so yun din yung parang wisdom ko. I want to give my wisdom to avoid them from breaking, from from breaking their own hearts. Alam mo yun? Yun yung motivation ko. Hindi ko gustong madaming heartbroken. So make the right choices. Listen to people who have been there before <laughs> and try to, you know, heed it. But, diba, experience is one of the greatest teachers. So you have to experience heartbreak yourself. Pero, if there's someone who went through that and who who's telling you, please, do this so you will not experience this wouldn't that be better and less heartbreaking? Pero ikaw, kung gusto mo ng heartbreak, okay. Go, go ahead. <laughs> well, that's essentially what, what I told in, in the previous talk that I gave is that you can learn from, you can learn in two ways. You can er- learn from your own mistakes, your own experience, or you can learn from other people's mistakes, di ba? And uh, that's the reason why we're trying to create content on TikTok is hopefully people make the uh, the better decision so that medyo less pain na lang yung maramdaman nila. Pero yung ibang tao talaga, matitigas ang ulo eh. I mean, I got people coming in, my messages, asking me for advice. And even though I gave them what, what they wanna, uh, they need to do, they still justify themselves na, hindi, eh, kasi kanto, ganto. No, no, I already told you my answer. So if you don't want to do that, sige, hayaan na lang kita, gawin mo yan. But hey Alec, alam mo ba? Uh, it, something I realized in my life: people don't listen to love advice. <laughs> so, that's so. That's actually there's so much truth to that. So, kahit anong classing love, people only listen to what they wanna hear. So, even though content is relatable, even though content makes them realize stuff, at the end of the day, they will do what their heart tells them to do. And that's not a completely bad thing. But what I'm saying is, I don't believe in love advice. Okay, I'll stop <laughs> giving out love advice from now on. I don't think we're giving love advice. Yeah. We're just giving fragments of what you've yeah. experienced before. If they want to listen, then go ahead. Oh, oh. Pero kung hindi, okay. <laughs> <sa inyo> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then another thing about uh, us, I think, from my perspective, why uh, we're so relatable in TikTok is, you know, we can see, especially on Instagram and the different platforms on social media, they only post about um, the positive stuff. And it's not us trying to get attention by um, posting negative stuff about our life. We're just trying to show people that these things really happen and it's okay if you're experiencing the same thing, right? We don't, we're not... Um, seekers na 
pansinin niyo kami, nasaktan kami. Not like that. Like I just want to show people. I think we both want to show people na if we're posting this stuff and you're experiencing it, it, it you're experiencing it at, as well, then it just shows that it's normal and it's okay, mm-hmm. diba? Yeah. Yeah. And that's relatability in its most essential form. Relatability is not relating to someone's perfection. Relatability is relating to someone's imperfections. The things that that are not really pretty on Instagram, that are not really pretty on Twitter, but are human and real. And I think in the age of social media, we're so... Even I am still affected by it. We, We are so fed, not fed up, but fed with the standards of beauty. And it has affected me. I'm, I feel that, ito yung pimple ko. I feel that this is a big mistake in society. And sometimes when I feel like I look ugly today, that nakakawala ng gana. And, but I don't look ugly today. I just look normal. Yeah. This is me looking like a normal human being. But we social media has 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 created that culture of beauty that seems so exclusive only to these people who are essentially beautiful by standard like Liza Soberano and so it pays I think beauty sells yes but authenticity sells more yes I love that and uh, the thing is why, while we're posting the by society standards, the negative stuff about ourselves, I think we become uh, a warrior of positivity as well. I, I think it's kind of there's a, a, a funny irony in that. Now, when you post all the positive, you reinforce yourself with all the negative stuff like you, the, the things that you're trying to hide, the things you don't want to post. But if you allow yourself to be vulnerable and just post it out there. You're helping yourself in so many ways, so that in that way that you become more positive by exposing and just acknowledging and accepting the negative stuff about you, and that you know makes our content very re- relatable. <laughs> but it's so scary, you know how I don't know, personal insights lang. It's so scary how you you publicize the most, you make public the most private things in your life, like your relationships, actually. Just another trivia. I don't talk about my exes. I don't talk about my exes at all. Sa mga, sa mga TikTok videos ko or sa Twitter ko, kahit tweets, I don't talk about my exes because it sucks to talk about people even they, if, if they hurt you so bad. But it's just, it's just scary how people have access, have public access to your most private thoughts in life. And I guess that comes with Wanting to inspire people, which we are in the business of doing. Yeah. While um, my private life is very happy and satisfied, you know, minsan kinokotongan... Sana all! Kinokotongan pa rin ako ng girlfriend ko na, bakit mo pinos yan? Yeah, the, the, the one video, and I find it, I found it really funny. The audio was really cool. So I tried posting it with videos, video clips of my girlfriend. And uh, I nagulat ako biglang nag semi viral. Tas talagang bad trip siya sa akin. Kasi nga, alam mo yun, there, we have things na we want to keep it to ourselves. And sometimes the more you just want to um, and inspire, educate, and as well as entertain, you 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 open yourself to a lot of people. And um, sometimes that I think that's the the, the downside that we, that we you know. Uh, natin when we're trying to create content. So yeah, I, I totally reminder of consent as well. Yeah, like I have some some content with my mom in it, and supportive naman si mom. But uh, there are some content na parang bat mo yan pinost ma I yeah, yeah. Parang, so yeah, it's it's all about consent, and I learned that along the way. Now, parang if it's all about you, go ahead. But if it involves someone else, you really have to ask them first. So, nasasak ako sa mga ibang content creators. I mean, not not nasasak, na-amaze na pinaprank yung... I think they're really in the business of it. Pinaprank yung girlfriend yeah, nila or boyfriend yeah. nila. Tapos, pina, pinapost. <laughs> I think it's on them. Na oh, hindi, ko, hindi ko rin sila nagigets yung mga yung prank. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I think we have been 
talking for quite some time now. And uh, we, I still have some questions, probably two more. And uh, I want to get into that. No, actually, one last more. Now, I, I just want to ask you, if there is one advice that you would give to a person who wants to start with their storytelling career, whether it's public speaking, whether it's doing webinars online, whether it's hosting, whether it's content creation, what's the one advice that you would give to them? Make sure your intentions are genuine. When you want to create stories, when you want to tell stories, define your why. Ano ang bakit mo? Bakit ka nagsusulat? Bakit ka nagsasalita? Bakit ka kumakanta? Bakit ka sumasayo? Bakit ka? Bakit, bakit, bakit? All our whys, all our buckets need to be really strong offhand. They need to be really solid at the onset. Because your why, your raison d'etre, your meaning for wanting to do things is what will drive you to do it. So, and your why needs to be meaningful not only for you, but for the community. Okay? Gone are the days talaga where we do things for ourselves. Um, okay, fine. Do things that will make you more famous or give you more money or put more food on the table. Pero feel ko, tapos na tayo dyan eh. We are now transitioning into an era of what I call community care. To be able to, and that's something I realized during this whole pandemic, to be able to survive individually, you need to survive as a community. And that's very obvious in our fight against COVID-19. And it's the same manner for pursuing your dreams or pursuing your desires to tell stories. Ano yung bakit mo? What is your meaning? At the end of the day, who are you doing it for? And why are you doing it? If you have clear answers to these questions, go ahead. Make that podcast. Make that video. Create that content. Just be really clear about why you're doing what you're doing and who you're doing it for. That's it. That's amazing, Val. Thank you. Thank you for that wonderful answer. I'm sure that the people who are listening to this podcast uh, is really amazed and uh, we'll be looking forward to our next episodes if we'll have more. Hopefully, we'll have more. And so I just... Over beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could do that. We could do that. We could definitely do that. <laughs> yeah. um, hopefully, when all this pandemic ends, when we can record the studio. Because I've also signed with yeah. a podcast network and they have um, a studio where you can record with your guests. And uh, if that happens, I'm going to invite Super you there cool. and we'll, we'll talk like personal na talaga. We can talk na, na, nakikita na tayo eye to eye. And I'm really excited for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I just want to thank you, Val, for coming here. And before we actually say goodbye, I have this small segment in my podcast where, where I interview people. It's called The Real Talk. It's um, kind of fast talk, pero it's wholesome naman. You, ha- you don't have to worry about that. So uh, I just want you to ask, uh, to answer the questions that I'm going to give you in either one mm-hmm. word, one phrase, or one mm-hmm. sentence. Mm-hmm. No explanation. Okay? Okay. You ready? I'm going to go. I just want to be go. Next time. <laughs> okay. Okay. First question. If you could talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you say to him? Don't fall in love too fast. Oh, okay. Okay, Totoo. okay. Totoo. Sampalin ko sa kanya. Sampalin ko talaga yun sa kanya. Hindi na ako mag-explain. <laughs> okay, bahala na kayo kung paano nyo interpret yun. Second question. Name a person who you would want to talk to dead or alive. Barack Obama. Great choice. Great Brilliant answer. speaker. Okay. Third question. If you were an animal, what would you be? Seahorse. Okay, I'm gonna break my rule. I'm gonna break my rule. I gotta ask, why seahorse? That's the most interesting answer that I've got so far. 
Why is yours? And this is, and this is a good and this is a good science education session because seahorses, male seahorses, have the ability to conceive children and give birth. So I want to not give birth, but I want to have kids, and 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 this and the seahorse, the male seahorse can give uh, can give birth. So that's why I chose seahorses. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so thank you for that answer. Now, fourth question: If you could change one thing in this world, what would it be? Hirap naman be remove greed. That's it. Nice. I think that's nice. And a lot of evil come from greed. Think, yeah, I think we'd all have peace no? if that happens. That's that's a nice answer. That's an amazing answer. Thank you. Thank you for that. Last question: What do you want your legacy to be known for? My practical and my philosophical. Pero yung practical legacy ko is uh, I want to be able to build a news and media organization that is run by young people uh, and uh, publishes content written for young people about the environment. That's a practical legacy I want to leave behind. And the philosophical legacy that I want to leave behind is I want to be the most kind and loving person in the room. That's amazing, Val. Thank you. Thank you so much. I cannot thank you enough for joining us here in the show. I've learned so much and hopefully the people who are listening to this learn so much from it as well. Please, if they want to learn more about you, if they want to find you online, where can they find you? My social media across all kinds of platforms is at Valvestil. It's V-A-L-V-E-S-T-I-L, Valvestil. You can also see me on PBB. Joke <laughs> Yeah, but thank you, Alec, because this is my first time, I think it's my first time, guesting for a podcast. And Yay, how amazing, milestone. yeah, how amazing would it have been to guest in the podcast of one of my idol motivational speakers. So thank you, Alec, for this opportunity. Yeah, it, it's my pleasure, Val. It's my honor to have all of your insights, your brain. I picked your brain, Val. I really enjoyed it. I think I'm the one who most benefited from this uh, podcast <laughs> episode, but I will definitely have you again next time. So please accept that invite. And thank you again. And I'm, I will always be grateful for you. And yeah, saka na tayo mag-usap ulit. Pero guys, if you like this podcast, please, if, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave this podcast a rating and review. And if you're on Spotify, don't forget to click that subscribe button. And if you like this podcast, please share it on Instagram. Tag me at Small Talk Podcast and go follow Val as well. Okay, so thank you guys for showing up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. My name is Alec Cuenca. This is Small Talk, Small Conversations with Huge Impact. And I'll talk to you guys next episode. Bye-bye. Peace. Thank you for listening to Small Talk. For more updates, you can follow me at Small Talk Podcast on Instagram and on TikTok. That's at Small Talk Podcast on Instagram and on TikTok. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>